And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me, I have a very special guest today. He's a Florida-based performer and picked today's movie because he was in a production of it in high school. It's Tommy Schwanfelder, everyone. Hi, everyone. Hey. Who did you play in in said production? Um, it was my senior year and I had been canvassing to do the show like every year I was in high school, but uh, we did it my senior year and I was Vince Fontaine and Teen Angel. I wanted to be a Burger Palace boy so badly, but no, I was Vince Fontaine and Teen Angel. Hey, you get one of the best songs. Absolutely. And we did the 1994 Billy Porter revival version of the song. We kept it in the same key because the original key of the song is like Frankie, uh, Frankie Avalon. It's that lower key, which is fine. But they rearranged it to be the Billy Porter arrangement. So to have this German Irish white kid trying to like sing into the rafters again, not as high as Billy, different key, but still it was, it was a sight to see (laughs) and hear. And then, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it, but let me give some little background on Greece. This is the wrong year. I think I have. It's 1978. I do have the wrong year. Damn it. Let me fix it real quick. Okay. So let me give us a little background about Greece. It came out in 1978, written by Bronte Woodard. Woodard? Yep. Woodard? Yeah, Woodard. 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 Adapted by Alan Carr, who would later do... I'll look at you with your little Grease script. Alan Carr would later do work on Grease 2. Music and lyrics by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, based off the original music by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey. I only wanted to put music and lyrics there because although there are songs written for the movie, we'll get into that later. But for the most part, Jacobs and Casey wrote, I would say 90% of the music in the movie. Yeah, 80 to 90. 80 to 90. 80 to 90, yeah. Directed by Randall Kessler, Klessler. Kleiser. Kleiser, that too. <laughs> and according to IMDb, good girls Sandy Olson and greaser Danny Zuko fell in love over the summer. When they unexpectedly discover they're now in the same high school, will they be able to rekindle their romance? A scandal. The answer is no, because Danny's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> True. So I have to say, I, I feel like this movie has the most songs in it that I've covered so far. Yeah, it's a double LP. Like I have the soundtrack on vinyl, of course, and it's it's two two records. The the dance alone has six songs in it. But a lot of those are like like Hound Dog, you know, they're songs that were written from the time right. period, which makes sense that they're there. And um some of the songs are also ones from the stage show that would have been sung by another character, but they wanted to put them on the soundtrack, but not necessarily have the character sing it in the movie. So Mooning, uh, Mooning and um, one or two other songs were written for the um, Burger Palace Boys slash T-Birds, but they put them in the dance. Do they sing Mooning? Because I feel like they sing Blue Moon instead. They do sing Blue Moon, but I think Mooning is on there somewhere. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you're right, Blue Moon is the, the coup de grace of the evening. So obviously... Grace, everyone has seen this movie. And if you haven't, stop the podcast, go watch it right now. You're welcome. (laughs) I grew up watching this movie 
uh, whenever somebody babysat me, I was I, I would bring like my little teddy bear and the VHS copy of Grease. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Our neighbors had it recorded off. I think they recorded off TV because we didn't have we didn't have it on video, but our neighbors did. Um, Sharon and Armand were their names. And I would just go over there and be like, can I watch Grease? Like I was just a kid who was like, can I come over and watch Grease? So now I think I've seen the stage version. I haven't seen it on Broadway. I can get I can tell you that. But I feel like I saw like a teen production of it in yeah. real life. Any high school or community theater that needs money, you do Guys and Dolls or Grease or Bye Bye Birdie. You do like something for the masses. Godspell. Y- yep, exactly. You don't do Passion or anything like that. You just do. No. So what was your introduction to Grease? Was it the movie? Was it the TV? Was it TV show? It- <laughs> the original off-roadie production started that whole nostalgia way, which is why we got Laverne and Shirley in Happy Days. Mm-hmm. So that's why yeah. all those shows came out was because of like Greece and that kind of stuff kicked all that into gear. I don't remember seeing it on stage as a kid, but I just think I just remember seeing the movie, probably same thing. Someone put it on to keep the kids busy or whatever like that. And I had the soundtrack on cassette and I remember cause, and it was when cassettes were that like off white beigey color. Uh-huh. Um, and we would listen to it in the car all the time. And I'd always fast forward to the song Grease because I didn't like that song. But for some reason now, I really enjoy it. But as a kid, also the opening animation of the movie creeps me out. Like, and Rizzo's neck when she puts on her turtleneck. It's oh my just God, yes. That's and that drawing of Stocker Channing? No. We were saying that we watched them as kids. It, is it, it's not really for that demographic if you really think about it. Not at all. It was meant for like the baby boomers and everything to get onto that wave of nostalgia and stuff like that because it originated in Chicago, then moved to Off-Broadway and then moved to Broadway. And they're like, hey, let's make a movie out of this. Because re-watching, re-watching it for this podcast, I think I this is like the 250th time I've seen this movie. <laughs> and I was even picking up on things that are like throwaway lines. Absolutely. For example. Yes, bring it. At the drive-in, Marty and Rizzo are in the bathroom and Marty says that uh, Vince Fontaine tried to throw... Aspirin uh, in her Coke. Aspirin in her Coke. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Obviously, it's coded, or she's supposed to be a dumb teenager not to realize it's supposed it's some um, uh, date rape drug. But yeah, like that's... the elder folks, yes, <laughs> know what that means. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. Same thing as a kid. I'm like, I didn't get what have these references were. The broken typewriter skipped a period. Like, I didn't understand what any of that meant. I just like the songs, and oh, they're dressed in poodle skirts. And as a young gay kid, I'm like kitschy nostalgia even as a kid my mom always said i was an old soul so i loved all that kind of stuff i love stuff from the 50s and 60s even as a kid a little background on the stage version it started in chicago i don't know what year. do you know what year it came out wikipedia did not have a year and i'm um, let me see i, I want to say it's early 70s right because it moved to broadway uh, off broadway in 72 with a Broadway contract, and that's why it was it was able to be nominated for seven Tonys while playing at an off-Broadway venue. I think because the original Chicago production, which they remounted a few years ago, they got the original script because the original show, like there's no summer nights, there's none of that. It's very Chicago-based. A lot of the references and songs are about Chicago things. I was about to say that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, it was, but it was really like Jim Jacobs. It was long. <laughs> it was long? Yeah, it was it was the original version of it was like three hours, three plus oh, hours. Shit. Yeah, and it was based off of Jim Jacobs' experience in high school, and it had a quote unquote R rated for profanity and all that. This script, this is the original off Broadway script. It is dirty. 
it I really mean, is dirty. Yeah. Oh, because when they all right, so then they moved it to New York in '72. They tamed a little bit of it. Move? Did they move it to California at that point, or was it, it the movie? I think it's just it? nondescript. I think even in the stage show, I don't think they specify ever what state they're in. But they took out all the Chicago references and all that kind of stuff. They kept it very generic. Rydell High, named for Bobby Rydell, the singer. It's just like here's a generic high school from the '50s. Here you go. And then it uh, bounced around like two venue, two Broadway theaters, and it closed January twenty seventh, nineteen eighty. It's a healthy run. It was a very healthy. It was, I want to say, the longest running for a while. And I then think before Chorus Line kicked it out, Chorus Line stomped all over it. <laughs> I did read though that Jeff Conway was a replacement Danny, and John Travolta was a replacement Duty. Yes, that is correct. I believe they were point. on the tour. So yes, uh, in this yeah. souvenir program, uh, John Travolta and Jeff Conway are in these pictures. <laughs> Ooh! So I'll scan them and send them to you. Yes, I like stuff for the Insta. And uh, Mary Lou Henner was in it. She was Marty. Yeah, because there's a shot of Mary Lou Henner. Um, oh, here's John Travolta as Duty. So the stage version is vastly different than the movie that we see because it's a flashback. Yes, because it opens with a class reunion. And then we go, that lasts all of like five minutes. It's Patty, Eugene, and um, in the movie, it's uh, what, is it Miss Lynch in both of them. Um yeah, it's a, it's hey, welcome to the class reunion. Remember those bygone days? Flashback, and then the show begins. I I read the Wikipedia, which you uh, if you haven't seen the show, go read the Wikipedia synopsis of it. Patty has a larger role, and she's a bitch in the. In oh, the show. she is. Um, the TV version, the live TV version from a year or so ago, you get to kind of see all of her stuff, and they actually give Patty more to do in the live TV version. Can I say though, Grease Live was one of the best lives that they've done i enjoyed it greatly i'm and that's not because of that one pa that almost killed them at the during the (laughs) yes like reading reading about vanessa hudgens how she lost Lost her her father 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 and then (laughs) they're like go (laughs) go sing i give her credit for that she did a great job frenchie's song was terrible frenchie's song yeah they wrote for Carly Rae Jepsen, they wrote a song for her. It was oh right God. before Beauty School Dropout, I think. It's not good. And it doesn't fit, like, the style of the song doesn't fit the genre at all. But, I mean, in terms of cast versus, like, what the show needs, mm-hmm. I feel like this one was, like, one of the best. Oh, I agree. Cast. I absolutely agree with you. Um, going back to, like, the show history, it opened in the West End in 1973 with Richard Gere as Danny. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Tracy Ullman was Frenchie. I counted eight songs that were technically cut from the original Broadway production that weren't in the movie. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying they weren't in the London one. I'm like, then what did no, they no, sing? No, no, no. Okay, I got no, you. no, 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 no. So you have the alma mater par- parody, Freddie My Love, Mooning, Shaken at the High School Hop, mm-hmm. It's Raining on Prom Night, Alone in the Drive-In Movie, which I know was changed to sandy but like i'm counting it yeah no, uh, <laughs> rock and roll party queen and all choked up so freddie my love is playing when um sandy and danny are talking at the jukebox and he's is like and and you can see the, the microphone the boom mic in the reflection of the jukebox that's playing there 
Mooning, I think is at the dance, but I could be wrong. So please don't count that. Um, Alma Mater parody, you hear for a hot second. Sonny and what's his name are like at the bonfire, like, and and they put their hands on their chest. And he's like, guys, be cool. Yep. That's that's the bit of the Alma Mater parody. Huh. Go figure. And then the titular song, Grease, was written by Barry Gibb for the movie, Mm -hmm. which I read that director Randall Kleiser apparently didn't like it. It was one of the top hits from the film. (laughs) Yes, it was. And then we jump to Hopelessly Devoted to You, which was written by John Farrer, who worked with Olivia Newton-John. Okay. And it was only added because according to... Uh, Olivia Newton-John's contract, she had to have a solo song. Mm-hmm. And at that well, point, they didn't. They filmed the whole entire movie. They realized she didn't have a solo song. And so in post-production, they had to go in oh, and film the, that scene. That's awesome. Because originally, Sandy does sing um, She Has Raining on Prom Night. That's her song. Because in the play, she doesn't go to the dance. And she sings It's Raining right. on Prom Night. That's which right. does yeah. play. Raining on Prom Night plays, I think, during the dance, during the slow dance. It is playing. It is. It's when you see all the wallflower girls and like the guy comes to get one of the wallflowers. It's playing at that part. It's raining on prom night. It's playing there. The dance, like you said, you have popular songs. Although Tears on My Pillow, I don't know if that one was written. That's an original from the 50s. That was like a song from back in the day. So you've got the jukebox or covers, I should say, are the rock and roll is here to stay. Tears on My Pillow, Hound Dog and Blue Moon. Correct. Sandy was rewritten by Louis St. Louis and Scott Simon, which did they basically just like revamp Alone at the Drive-In? No, it's a, the context of the songs are the exact same, but it's, it, they're very different songs. The idea and the message of them, the exact same. Whereas this Sandy is more of a heartfelt song, whereas Alone at the Drive-In movie is more of a comedy. I'm all alone. Like the, the heater doesn't work as good as you is one of the lines <laughs> in Alone at the Drive-In movie. And then You're the One That I Want was written by John Farrer, Farrer, again, for Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta, which is very surprising because that's the one, the only song that was written for the movie that I feel like fits in with the rest of the songs. Mm -hmm. While I was rewatching it this last time, I was just like, "Mm, this does feel like it's from like her album. Yeah, an afterthought kind of a thing. And even Sandy didn't feel... Like it was, it it's in the same universe. Yeah, no, no, you, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. Louis St. Louis, who wrote um, Sandy, who wrote Sandy, uh, they went on to do a lot of the stuff with Grease too. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. Talk about that next episode. Okay. Oh, <laughs> awesome! I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have somebody else in mind to do Grease too. Oh, that's perfectly fine, and I can't wait to hear. It was interesting looking up looking this up because I have such a strong tied to it and mm-hmm. like i know there's a lot of problems with it but i didn't realize all the adult actors were <laughs> 35 pretty, years old well well they were pretty famous before mm-hmm. this like i knew the name eve arden i just couldn't like yep. place her in history and everything our miss brooks she was on our miss brooks the eve arden show and mothers the mothers-in-law the mothers-in-law uh it used to be streaming i don't remember on which platform it but um, I watched all of them and my friend bought me. You can buy, it was only two seasons. You can buy them on DVD and a friend bought them for me. They are kitschy, crazy fun. Really? Even just watch the opening, the, the theme song. It is bonkers. But like all of the adult characters, they're all like character actors. And unfortunately, Ed 
Burns, who plays Vince Fontaine, passed away last year. That's oh, yeah, he did. 2020. Ed, Ed Kooky Burns. He's also in the movie Back to the Beach as himself. <laughs> he also had a recurring role on 77 Sunset, Sunset Strip. I think that's what brought him up to his fame because he had like one hit single, Kooky Kooky, Lend Me Your Comb or something like that. Oh, as a singer? Yeah. <laughs> but I think because he was a TV personality, it's that cross marketing of like, hey, why don't you put out an album? Like one of those things. But then you have Lorenzo Lamas, who played Tom. Tom Chisholm. <laughs> what a last name. He has, he's had a healthy, uh, he, that's a name I've heard before, and I can't place where, but like he's having a healthy fil- uh, film and TV career, mm-hmm. if you go if, through his IMDb. If you had HBO growing up, he was in every Thursday Night Prime movie, which was always <laughs> like a Thursday Night action film. Like it was Jean-Claude Van Damme or him or, you know, Seagal. It's Thursday Night Prime was like those kind of movies, and he was always in them. And then Ellen Travolta, who is the one waitress during the dance who points out some of the mm-hmm. other cast members is John Travolta's sister and she went on to play Louisa Arcola in Happy Days and Jody Loves Chachi. Oh I knew her she was also on the later seasons of Charles in Charge. That too but I you know I was looking at hers and I was like "Ooh, this is like the most that she's done versus <laughs> Charles in Charge because yeah. she's played she was I think she was in all of Joni Loves Chachi, and she was in like a handful of episodes on Happy Days. Mm-hmm. Was so her character was the same on both. It was just a, a carryover. Yep, it okay. was another another one that originated on Happy Days and then brought to Joni Loves Chachi. Yep, and uh, the other waitress, Joan Blondell, <laughs> the one who doesn't turn the light off correctly with her elbow, but the lights go off anyway. She's also I know she did a lot of movies and like I think vaudeville stuff too. I think she is a character actress starting in the uh, nineteen thirty where both film and screen, and starred in Here Come the Brides. Okay, I've heard of it. I've never seen TV it. show. Don't know how long that lasted. I just wrote it down as, as like a little fun fact. So out of the cast members in the movie, who do you think like passes for high school? <sighs> uh, Patty, I think Patty does a good job. Patty Simcox passes. I feel like you could definitely tell she's still a little too old, but Olivia Newton-John does pass. A little bit. A little bit, yeah. I think because she has the innocence about her, so it, it helps work in her favor. It's weird because I think Stockard Channing looks older in this movie than she did in later movies. So a movie that she may have done in 1985, I think she looks younger than she did in Greece. Wow. It's, I mean, it's just my opinion. But like Jeff Conway, like that's an adult. That's a, that's a grown that's man. An ad- that's, <laughs> is it Sunny? I think it's oh, Sunny. Yeah, with the curly hair. Yeah. he. I'm just like, you were 40, sir. <laughs> You're doing a great job, but you're an adult. You are. So with all that said in mind, is it me or December nights sound a little weird coming from 30-year-olds? It's, again, it's that just get lost in the fantasy, just, or, it's that idea. Or is it that Summer Nights is just a super rapey song and needs to be, like, cut from everything? Well, there actually was a push in somewhere in, like, London or UK, some somewhere over there, there was a whole article about it, about, like, banning Greece because of that song and because of the theme of the story well yeah and there's a few things that the t-birds say that or um what are they called the the burger palace boys burger palace boys and the call outs you know did she put up a fight like yeah <laughs> but did she <laughs> like why does that matter there's a, um, there's, there's a parody that I want to say college humor did many years ago of yes. summer nights 
Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. The Kaniki character just goes off on a whole rapey, rapey rampage. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a line in the party scene. It's when Marty shows off her pictures. This is the slumber okay. party? Yeah, the slumber party scene. So this is from the script. This is the original 1972 script. Yeah, I know. Ooh. Um, my, my town library had this book, and I used to take it all the time. And when I was visiting... Uh, my husband's from Portland, Oregon. We went to Powell's Books, and I found the exact same edition that my library had. So I'm like, and it was like $6. I was like, I am buying this. But um, You, you good store, do not know what you have in mind. <laughs> um, uh, what's, so what's the guy look like, Marty? You got a picture? Yeah, but, it's, but it ain't too good. He's not in uniform. She takes out it out, drops out you know, all the pictures. Oh, here it is next to Paul Anka. Jan says, how come it's ripped in half? His old girlfriend was in the picture. What's the guy's name? Anyway, here comes the corker. Marty says, oh, it's Freddie, Freddie Strolka, S-T-R-U-L-K-A. I'm, I think I'm saying it right. Freddie, Freddie Strolka. Jan says, he a Polak? And then, like, later she says, you going with a Jap? Like, it's, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh goodness. <laughs> Those working class kids. <laughs> I think in the original show, they weren't supposed to be so Italian. Yeah, it was just middle of the road. They were... In that um, special that I shared with you yesterday, last night, two days ago, I don't remember, Jim Jacobs talks about that these are just working class kids. Like their parents are middle class. They're just being kids kind of thing. That was his point of view. And they're greasers. Yep. They're greasers. And the girls don't really have a lot of concerns about anything. It's just mindless (laughs) middle class fun. Did you know that Elvis had a big, how do I want to word this one? Elvis was like a big deal for this movie, apparently, because he was asked to... He, he turned down the role of Teen Angel. Oh, originally. wow. And then, according, I think that was IMDb, so take it with a grain of salt. Very much. Um, and then in Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. originally the, there's a line about Sal Mineo in it, mm-hmm. but he was stabbed to death a year before filming began, so they changed it to Elvis. Oh, I didn't. I Elvis, knew this. Yeah. Elvis, look at here. Yeah. Yeah. I knew about the change. I didn't know that was why, though. I didn't know that. That's why. And when they filmed it, it was when they filmed the summer party, it was filmed on Elvis's death. April, August, that April, August 16th, 1977. Wow. Mom, if you're listening to the podcast, that's for you. <laughs> she and I was her. born one year later. Oh. 1978. I also read that John Travolta basically stole the song Grease Lightning away from Jeff Conway. Jeff Conway has told, spoken of that very easily because that is Kanicki's song in the play. Grease Lightning is Kanicki's song, but John wanted it. And he said in the interview, like, whatever John wanted, John got. Well, yeah, because he had a lot of quote unquote clout. And he also wanted to keep up with Olivia Newton-John. Coming from what? Welcome back, Cotter? Well, he yes he did that and then he just finished filming saturday night fever okay and boy in the plastic bubble i i read that he had like four days uh like a turnaround oh wow to start or four days of rehearsal from finishing saturday night fever wow that well hey (laughs) he's getting paid he's getting his royalties he's fine you were talking earlier about like noticing things. You've seen the movie a hundred times, but you still notice new things. One of my favorite things to point out, which I'm sure you've seen, is during summer nights, and you got the girl side, the boy side. There's one boy with the girls. He's in the back. Like there's one point he's playing like with a paddle ball or something like that. And then when she's walking away at the end of the song, like whatever the line is, you can see the one guy sitting on a table by himself, and he's just sitting there like this, like, <laughs> like he's thinking about something. But he's in the background, just behind her, the only boy. 
Speaking of summer nights, do you have your phone handy by any chance? I do. Right here. All right. I am sending you a boomerang I took because Jan is a scene stealer. Oh, in yes. Movie. In summer nights, they're, they're all all the girls at the table, right? And Sandy's yep. there, whatever. There's a moment where Jan is like twirling Patty Simcox's yep. hair with a fork. Like spaghetti. <laughs> yep. And speaking of scene stealers, in that exact video, I'm looking at it right now, the girl who's got her hand on her cheek like this. Yeah. And there's another girl, too, who's not in the shot that I can see. They're the ones during summer nights who they pan, they cross in front of the camera and one of them pretends like, oh, her story's making me sick. And she goes like, like that. The, that same girl will then steal a moment during the bonfire scene when they're all like holding hands going around the bonfire. And she's the one who pulls her hand away from her boyfriend. And she also she pulls so much focus at um at the dance that same whoever that girl is. I'm so happy though that they had the same like background people throughout yes. this whole movie. I agree because it helps make it feel real in a way. Mm-hmm. And some and of them came back for Greece too. They did. I, I sent you two more boomerangs that I took of Jan. <laughs> One is during uh, beauty school dropout where she's behind Frankie Avalon. And mugging, mugging for the camera, mugging, mugging for, for the days. Camera. And then obviously when she's stealing the scene behind behind Horace Sandy in uh, You're the One That I Want. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> doing that. Yes. All um, these boomerangs will be on the Insta and maybe Facebook and who knows? Well, maybe Twitter. I don't know. She yet. talked about um, with the beauty school dropout one, it was because they had to keep doing take after take after take and they were so tired. So that's why she did it. She said, like, I was I was over it. <laughs> And it stayed in the shot. They didn't edit it out. God, I love her. Um, okay, so you've seen this movie probably a hundred plus times at this Absolutely, point. Absolutely, yes. Do they ever mention Crater Face's real name? No. He gets a name in Greece too, but no, they never mention Crater Face's name. And it's name. not the same name as it is in, in this one. Because, well, because in this movie, I don't think they call him by a name other than Crater Face. I don't think we ever hear the character's name. You don't hear his name. But when you go through the ending credits, he's mm-hmm. credited as Leo. Yeah. No, nothing fun. And then, yeah, because then he's Balmudo in Greece too. Yes. And for some reason, they've given up cars. They're onto motorcycles. But you guys will cover that later. <laughs> and Ew. Chacha is the oldest high schooler I've ever seen in my life. But she, <laughs> that actress can dance. Oh, so. no, totally. No, no, I'm not taking that away from her. But like, just visually, again, we know they're adults. We've covered this. But Chacha, whoa. <laughs> She stayed at St. Bernadette's a long time. Did you know that Andy Tennant is in this movie? Yeah. You know who that is? Emilio from um, uh, Midnight Madness. And he's a director too. Well, yeah, he's now a director. But I was just like, which one is he? I hope he's the one with like the knee-high socks at the end. Because you don't see him as prominent in this one. Once you know, you can see him once you know to look. Oh, and during Papa Mao, Papa Umao Mao, when the boys all like dive down and they're all around Danny, you can see him clear as day. He's right like next to him for that part but in Greece too he's all over the place even he has a name it's Artie and he goes and he's the one who says I got your pistol right here that's Andy Tennant stop well the background people the uh the dancers did have names I guess that it was they made them up because Mm -hmm. there's a few of them here and there that I read on IMDb trivia page but they're not credited as such. Yeah. Didi Khan in her book, her Grease book about it, about the movie, she actually talks about each, almost all of those dancers. Like she remembers all of them and she talks about their name and who they were and what they did in the movie. And that's in Didi Khan's book. I love her so much. In the stage version, she doesn't have a song, right? 
Nope. So they only wrote the one for the TV live version, but no, she she gets sung too. She doesn't get to sing a song. Rude. Well, yeah, Beatrice will drop out. Yeah. And she's, I mean, she's background for Freddie My Love in the play. She sings because it's the Pink Ladies singing, and Marty is the lead. What else? I have I have a ton of questions here that oh, bring it. I just wanna. Do you cry a little during Sandra D reprise? A little bit, yes, because it is the, the, the young gay. You're like, I just want to be accepted, just like her. Like, look at Sandy, and she. I mean, she kind of goes to an extreme. It's that like inner wanting of like, I just want to be accepted. I just want to figure out, you know, how I can not be their friend because she knows she's she knows she's a good person, but like she just wants to be accepted. loved, accepted, and so that to a degree, like gay youth, you kind of identify with that. And it's usually around the time where it's Sandy, you must start a new. And I'm like, no, don't you know what you must do? (laughs) Come on, Sandy. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And in the the 94 revival of Greece, um, it's not Frenchie who helps her. It's Rizzo who helps her. Um, Well, I mean, it's Rosie. Yeah, yeah, it was Rosie. What was great was Sandy singing it to Rizzo in the in that revival and then when it gets to the end for the sandy you must start anew rizzo sings that line so rizzo's like sandy you must start anew don't you know what you must do and then they both do hold your head high take a deep breath and cry and then sandy says hey rizzo you got that lipstick handy then rizzo says i sure do kid then goodbye to sandra d as they (laughs) as they the staging for it is they're walking because they're in the basement of whoever house is they're walking up the stairs rizzo turns and offers her hand to sandy and sandy takes it and they go up the stairs and they live happily ever after. All hoard up, yes. I don't know if it was during this time or like the last time I watched it, which is probably like a few weeks ago prior <laughs> to this. But I had this weird idea in my head that during the dance scene, Sonny and Chacha schemed to get Sandy away. Do you feel like I'm onto something or is it like I'm reading too much into it because I do that from time to time? I think you're reading too much into it. It's a it's an interesting thought, but I think it was just Sonny was, you know, probably drunk because he had spiked the punch. So Sonny was just being a doof. And that's when Cha-Cha realized that she can take advantage of the situation. I really think that's it. Damn it. But it's, it's an interesting theory, but I don't think Sonny, because Sonny's the low man on the totem pole. So I don't think he would, well, not the lowest duty. What's his name? In the, in Putsy. the Putsy, because he's Roger in the play. But yeah, Putsy is definitely the lowest man. I take that back. But Sonny is just such a doof. Like, I don't think he would do anything on purpose. So obviously before this, the, all these kids had re- affairs and relationships going on. Who do you think Danny actually hooked up with? Well, because they say in the beginning when the girls are having lunch, she says, you guys get a load of Zuko this morning? Looking pretty good, huh, Riz? And Riz says, that's ancient history. So I think Rizzo and Danny were together at some point. Before Kaniki? Yes. I think it would be before Kaniki, before the summer, because I think they're referring to like last school year. So this would have been like their junior year. They probably dated at some point. And then Kaniki... So then Danny goes off with Sandy for the summer, even though no one knows what he's doing. He's just gone to do that. And I think during the summer, that's when Kaniki and Rizzo, or the end of their junior year, that's when Kaniki and Rizzo got together. And also, I wouldn't put it past Rizzo to just start dating Kaniki to spite Danny. You know what I mean? Like, fine, yeah. fine, you don't want me? Then here, I'll go with him. Haha. And that way, they're still always, like, he will still always see Rizzo with him. But do you think he had a fling with Patty Simcox as well? It's indicated in the film that, yes, like that he has that they've either hooked up or just, you know, that they've gotten together to study sometime because she's like, my mom asked asked about you. And in the play, there's definitely a line about that. About well, like, yeah, I know, my- I know she's not 
as wholesome as she comes off in the movie. Yeah. And the live version really also showed that. I'm glad, like I said, they gave her character a little bit more. And there's they added a scene with Sandy and Patty. Because in the play, Sandy punches Patty. <laughs> like, yes! knocks her out. And it's at the very end. is After she comes up as, as bad Sandy, she then punches Patty in the face. But uh, the TV version, they had a scene where basically, like, Patty's being all shady with her the whole time and everything. But then Sandy stands up to her. A few episodes ago, and by a few, I mean more than 10, <laughs> I did West Side Story. Right? Yes, I listened to that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, thank you, girl. Toss, <laughs> <laughs> toss. Days of the Gym, one of my favorite dance sequences in Absolutely. musical movie history. Can jive, though. Do you find them, like, neck and neck, or is one greater than the other? Because I don't want to vote because it's a Sophie's Choice for me, so I'm going to make you do it. Okay. Oh, wonderful. I will say as, as far as in terms of like, which is fun and more energetic as, as a whole, hand jive. As a piece of music and piece of film, Dance at the Gym, hands down. But now in terms of choreography? I have to go with Dance at the Gym because even within that, within hand jive, you're getting the hand jive, but like you see them zhuzhing it up and doing some extra things with it. And like the guy, what's the name? He steps on her dress. Like and when she's on the ground, that always weirds me out. So you get variations on the hand jive, whereas within Dance at the Gym, you get mambo, you get jazz, you get literally acrobatics. Acrobatics, right. So I think as a piece of like visual art and like, wow, Dance at the Gym. But for just fun and like, this is just awesome, hand jive. Because kudos to, I didn't look this up and I'm so sorry. Kudos to the choreographer for this because... Patricia Birch, who directed Grease Patricia too. Birch, of course. How did I forget that? Yep. Fucking, hey, love you, Patricia Birch. I, re- I read that, you know, hand jive is just a hand dance, literally, but yes. she's the one that added the legs and feet to it. Yeah. There's a song called Doing the Hand Jive, a song from the 50s, 60s. It's the same beat. It's, I mean, you can only do the hand jive to a certain beat, but there is a song that he just kind of twisted and made his own for, for Greece. And like the song Freddie My Love, there's a real song called Eddie My Love. Mm, from the time from the time change the words a little bit um royalty free but um i mean they are different songs but just the idea of them and their titles are play-ons from actual songs from that time now i'm gonna do a hard cut to tease a little bit about the sequel i mean it's the next episode obviously i'm gonna announce it at the end but i read that there were supposed to be two sequels after greece but after greece 2 bombed the third idea was cut and then there's more about that that i'll probably say in greece too however i read that in 2000 as of 2002 so 19 years ago at this point yep uh dd con olivia newton john and john travolta were allegedly pushing for greece 3 which would focus on the group in another decade now it's cute that they said that they would say later, like, maybe in, like, the 70s. And I was just like, mm. Sorry, guys, it's not going to work. <laughs> it's not going to work in 2002. But now in 2021, I mean, I don't mind. I wouldn't mind a, a, a another thing as long as it fit. Well, they're doing, uh, Paramount TV has announced that they're doing a Grease TV series. You shut up. I will not. Um, now, I don't know how the project has been affected with this past year, but I want to say it was either a year or just over a year ago that they announced that there's, it'll be like stories of Rydell. So it's not necessarily going to be about Sandy and Danny and stuff like that. I can't remember about the character's involvement, but it's basically Degrassi High, but at Rydell. Ah, like. uh, yes. 
I also did read that the sequel was supposed to be called Summer School based off of Coach Calhoun's final lines. Oh, yeah. So, All I had to do was go to summer school. Summer school. How old is Eugene supposed to be? I know in the show he's supposed to be there. In their class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think in the movie we're supposed to believe that too. But Eddie Deason just always, like, he's always looked like at least like late 20s, early 30s. And then, then. and then he shows up in the sequel and you're just like. What class? But that apparently you can just go back to Rydell anytime you damn well please, because it's also this is two, Greece too. Sorry, is two years after the original. So the seniors in this movie, they're the sophomores of the of the first film, is who we see in Greece too. And so in theory, Eugene, I thought Eugene was in their class too, because remember at the end he throws the pies like you know right. it's Eugene. But um, then is that supposed to be an all school event? that honors the seniors of course yeah yeah um with the budget this school apparently rydell has they better include all the classes are you kidding (laughs) a freaking carnival and then a luau you they got with a pool they got money rydell's got money well then okay so dd khan comes back for the sequel but in this movie how much time do you think she actually misses of class at rydell i mean in theory it's the whole school year. Like you're with them the whole school year. Right. But like, it moves, but you're right. How long was she gone for? Rapidly in this time period. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're dropping out of right now. Um, well, cause there's, no, well, there, we don't have any breaks. So there's no like holiday indicator. I, I was just going to say, there's no steel magnolias where like, you can like, okay, it's Easter. Okay. It's Christmas. Like there's, we got nothing in this movie. The dance is not called the prom. Correct. So that can happen anytime. And based on the way they're dressed, it looks like it would be maybe the spring, a spring fling, something like that. Like they're, they're not dressed for winter. Well, they said it in California. True. So Hollywood it, high. It fucks with you a lot. That's a I good don't know, question. But it's, it's a, it is a I've never thought about it. But yeah, how long, how, the, how long was Frenchie out of school for? I want to say at maximum a month. But apparently that's enough that you got to wait two years before you can come back. <laughs> to finish to finish and just to get your she's getting her degree in chemistry but it's a high school it's not a college like what you're just here to experiment on the kids i guess she's just this teacher's aide who's going to experiment her makeup oh and then at the end of the movie when they're in the flying car which another another time yeah we'll we'll unpack Um, that later (laughs) does alfred of the chipmunks sing at the end who put the bop and the bops, the bops, bop, that part? Who put the ram and the ram? Like when they're yeah. separating, when everyone's separating. Because like, I oh. swore I heard them sing, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, wah, la, la, bing, bang. It, it is there. I think you're right. I, I think it is there. But that album was popular in like the early 60s. I don't think that was because the movie, I think, is 1950, or the stage show is 1958. Yeah, because uh, Grease 2 is 1960. So yeah, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, I think you're right. I think it is on there. I don't know if it's that voice style, but I think that song is there. It is their voice style. Oh, damn. I'm so disappointed in myself. It is literally after the wave. Okay. And like right before the credits start. Okay. I have it on VHS, Blu-ray, DVD. I've got it like on everything. And so when I bought the Blu-ray of it, I got the download on my Voodoo account. So I can just pull it up because I'm that gay. And you know what? We'll kill we'll kill time while you pull it up. Pull it up now. We'll okay. Yeah, can you calm down? I'm doing it. <laughs> so it says Smartcast is loading. Or is it on the album? I just downloaded the album. Like I've ha- I had it. I had a hard copy of it, but now I have it on my iTunes. <laughs> 
So there you go. Well, that's loading and I can look at us. There we go. I just have to, to brag and just show off because I have countless recordings of this musical um, from various casts, various from all over the world, various years. I have a lot more downloaded than I have CDs, but I have at least, I'd say, 10 hard CDs of different cast recordings of Greece. And then I have my bootleg of the revival. <laughs> Stop. How do you feel about the recent revival? I liked it. The Because I, I know not focusing on the stage show specifically, but the 94 revival, there was a production in London with Debbie Gibson as Sandy. And they wanted Stop. to bring... <laughs> I will not. And they wanted to bring that production over to Broadway. But something, there was a reason why they couldn't or money is, issues. I really don't know. I'm not going to pretend to know. I don't know the answer to that. So the Weislers who produced the, the revival of Greece, they uh, got Jeff Calhoun and Tommy Toon and they worked to put this together. And that's why it doesn't have... It has all choked up instead of um, you're the one that I want. It has all the stage songs. It's the stage show. But the recent revival does have Greece. It does. It, it definitely is more musically. It's more the London version of it. I mean, using the, you're the one that I want. Because when all choked up comes on, people get very confused <laughs> when there's no you're the one that I want. Because the recent revival gave us Laura Osnes. And did you watch that reality series? Do you remember that? You're the one that I want. I do remember it, but I don't think I watched all of it. I watched every episode. <laughs> the Chipmunks are okay. on the album. I will have so to. I will, I will play it for you, but obviously I'm going to have to cut it out because licensing and all that. Yeah. Can't you play like so many bars or like so many seconds? I mean, it's like the last like 30 seconds of the, of the song we go together. But no, this, I mean, this movie honestly has, ignore, I don't say ignore, but like the, the 2021 lens, just looking at it. It's, I think it's good nostalgia because growing up, like you loved it. I loved it. And does it have its problems? Absolutely. Does Absolutely. the state show have its problems? Absolutely. Because I know schools like weren't allowed to do Greece because of the pregnancy issue. There would be schools that couldn't That's do it because of that. That's the reason? That's the reason. Not the fact that they're turning a car, they're putting a bed into a car so they can fuck chicks? Yep. During Greece that, lightning? Yep. And the, um, and the saran wrap? Saran wrap. It's like, what? Who, whose suggestion was this? I don't, think, I don't think Pat Birch was like, I need saran wrap. No, he he put that in there on purpose. He did it himself. I also I also did read though that John Travolta changed some of the like would sneak in lines from the stage version when the lines that were written by Alan Carr and Bronte Woodard weren't working. Oh, I I wonder then what because obviously I know the stage show backwards and forwards. I wonder what like the film lines that didn't work. Like I wonder what what they were. Probably just something stupid. Yeah. Where people don't understand how teenagers talk. Yes, that's that's another thing. You have adults writing for kids, like Yeah. For some more fun facts, I read that the cast chewed about a hundred thousand pieces of gum during the shoot, meaning they chewed about five thousand pieces of gum per day. I, I don't doubt that. That's strong jaws. Uh, Lucy Arnaz was the first choice for Rizzo until her mom fucked it up, my words. And Susan Day turned down the role of Sandy. I did know about that. I did know about Susan Day. Yeah, Lucy Arnaz, they were considering her, but then Lucy called the producers and was like, I had my name on a studio there or whatever, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. She, you know, she owned Desi, Desi Lou. Yeah. And since she created such a ruckus and she did, she was like, my daughter's not doing a screen test. Fuck you. And all that. And so they were just like, okay, <laughs> I, no Lucy Arnaz. <laughs> And also that Olivia Newton-John demanded to have a screen, uh, an audition and screen test just to make sure, like she deserved the part. Yeah, and, and good, good, good on her, good for her. And I do know because they changed her last name because in the play she's Cindy Dombrowski, but in the movie they changed to Cindy Olson. 
And I think because Dombrowski also puts again a certain mental picture, whereas you have a blonde Australian girl, Sandy Olsen yeah, just works they better. A, they had to rewrite her whole backstory. Yep. Okay, so we're now right now we're one up each other with trivia. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into Sharp and Flat? Oh no, no, no problem. Um no, I mean I could rattle off fun facts all day, but like I think we covered the bulk of them. I really do. Yeah, I mean, like it's a classic film. Yeah. It's on movie lists. It's uh, in a top one hundred. I, th- I think "Summer Nights" is one of the top one hundred film songs. The AFI American Film Institute top one hundred film songs. The album, the nineteen seventy eight album, was like the highest selling album that year, or something like that. Uh, and the movie was also the highest grossing movie of nineteen seventy eight nine but uh in what do you call it to help set the time frame for the movie uh flight of the navigator at the beginning because it takes place in the 70s even though it doesn't really really look like it they indicate that by when they're driving they're leaving a dog show and they're playing you're the one that i want is on the radio to try to put you into a time frame as to when the movie is supposed to take place for which one flight of the navigator it's a disney movie a live action disney movie (laughs) they play you're the one that i want in the car (laughs) All right, let's get into Sharp and Flat, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Sharp Flat. So in this section, obviously, we're going to highlight some moments that we've talked about or not. And if we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or think that it can deal with some script rewrites or whatever, it's flat. Tommy, what are your sharps? So my sharps are, I love the costumes in this movie. I love them. They're not over the top. It's not everyone in a poodle skirt. We got pencil skirts. As long as knees are covered, the guys, same thing, those two-tone, ja- those gabardine jackets. Like, I don't even mean like all the stuff at the dance, which are lovely, because to me, they look what I would think and going back and looking at old movies from that time. Like, they look like they're actually from that. It's not a costumey version of 50s. It's like, nope, these are their real clothes. This is what they wore. They're not what I call Disneyfied. Yes. Where everyone's in a bold pattern and they're in matchy matchy costumes although the red is the revival oh yeah everyone's got a pretty skirt <laughs> everyone's hyper pink there is a clunker for me it's not necessarily a flat but mm. I, it's a clunker okay john travolta wears a red shirt in one scene a red okay. t-shirt oh uh, the gym when he's in the at the in gym class after, after. okay well in gym class obviously he's wearing the uniform for but he's wearing like a blood red t-shirt under his uh t-bird jacket Mm -hmm. and i'm just like that is so oh is it when he's it's it's when he goes to talk to sandy or something yeah i think i remember what you're talking about when the girls get picked up by crater face okay yes 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 yes, got it i know exactly what you mean i didn't mean to step on your your toes what else do you have for sharps so sharps we got costumes i mean the music let's be honest i mean almost across the board even the songs that don't fit still work like they're, oh God, they're still classics hopelessly devoted to you is yeah. my jam <laughs> yeah. like does it sound like a 50 song that like you know Annette Funicello would have sung or you know or someone of, of, of Connie Francis not at all but it still fits and it still works and it always weirds me out to watch her p- take that super thin paper and just play with it in the pool uh oh but now yes <laughs> <laughs> but if do we go to flats next or like how, how does this work uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna list my sharps. Okay, so, go. Okay. Patricia Birch's choreography for the hand jive, fucking love it. I want to shout out Mrs. Murdoch as being the best teacher ever, and really the only teacher that's there. Alice Ghostly, because like 
she knows that they stole parts and she's still like, I'll go to the race and watch you guys and support my students. And then <laughs> this is so small, but that's what we love. <laughs> during we go together right before the actual dance break, they did the whole, um, the whole the scatting section. No, the whole scatting section. Oh, yes. Got it. John Travolta jumps in on the field and goes, oh, wow, Maluma. And yeah. Sandy comes in saying, oh, wow, bamboo. She's holding her shoes during that. She is? Yes. She's holding red shoes. I Yeah, because she has, she's got those like cork heels with like the red wrap that goes around her foot. Watch it again. Watch, watch How it. the hell have I never seen that? I just noticed it too. Because I feel like she couldn't do the jump with the heels on. I mean, already she's in those pants. Yeah, sewn into them. Yeah, so... Wow, she's like, I can't do this take again. I have to take them off. I can't do... She Unfortunately, she couldn't be like Jan and, you know, make funny faces. (laughs) She can't mug. (laughs) She can't mug. Uh, Okay, what are your flats? One of my flats, because I actually almost revealed it a moment ago, is what kind of paper does Marty give her? Like, it's tissue. Like, it's the... she's Because she's writing and she puts this... She sprays it, but I'm like, that's like tissue paper and you just got it wet like with the sprayer but then she puts it in the pool and you can see it is just flimsy like what kind of stationery is this i don't understand and you can hear it like it 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 sounds like the tissue paper you'd put like around a christmas present it's movie magic paper it's thin as can be and that thing's gonna fall apart in the mail and you see her doing it in the water That is one of my flats. Um, she did her best. And the reason why Marty doesn't dance at the dance and they put her in that skirt is because Dinah Manoff or Manoff, however you say her name, she wasn't a dancer. So that's why it works out that way. But it's just watching her try is just, it's, it, it, it hurts. That's why she's also kneeling on the ground during we go together. She's not dancing. Like she's kneeling down. She's ne- because she couldn't dance. <laughs> just do armography. Just do yeah, armography. Just sway. just sway. You're fine. <laughs> we love you in the role. Just sway. <laughs> She tried, but that is that is one of my flats, is Marty's lack of dancing. Oh, poor Marty. I wrote down that the cameramen in the dance, I don't like their costumes. I feel like they should have been wearing dark colors, personally. Oh, but then again, I don't know historically what camera people wore in the 50s. Because this was, I'm trying to remember, it's just a local TV station is highlighting even, their even school, then. right? So they're people from this TV station. I don't know if it's from the local TV station. Well, oh, National Bandstand. National Na- Bandstand, National, yeah. yeah. National Bandstand. I feel like they would have worn not like a white shirt. Like they would wear blacks. That's what, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. what people wear these days. So that might, have, that might be 2021 eyes. And then the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say it. I, Cause we haven't said it, but I'm going to say it. How the movie tells girls to change themselves for a man yeah no that does that does not age well one thing the movie gives us and the 94 revival the same thing i don't know about the the 2000 whatever revival on broadway don't remember that one danny does change for her like he joins the track he gets his letter sweater i mind he goes back to like we go back to greaser danny pretty darn quickly but at least in the movie and in the revival he gets his sweater he worked for it i mean he he got his sweater in the in the movie too yeah but it's not as big of a deal correct Correct. As whore Sandy is. Yeah. Uh, side note: Have you watched the Glee episode of Greece? Yes. That the worst thing I could do with the three of them doing most. Uh, that's what I wanted to bring up because yeah. I was just like, I was like, Stuck Channing sings the shit out of it. 
whatever. P- that that's like hands down one of the best songs in the whole show. Not gonna lie. I'm sorry, hopelessly soft, devoted yep. to you. But when you have Kate Hudson, Alex Newell, and Naya Rivera, R.A.P. Miss you. Yes. Singing a three chord harmony at the end of hopeless of uh, uh, uh worst things I could do. <laughs> Just murder me with everything yeah i mean and the way it was shot was great and everything too but even just listening to it just hearing it is amazing i agree amazing agree and speaking of listening to songs would you add any of the songs from the movie to your life's playlist the movie yeah no no i got any revival the movie i have an answer but it's a song I love in general. And I would gladly, like, I will do the soundtrack version. It's great. Cindy Bolins does a great job. I love the song, Freddie, My Love. I know it's not featured heavily in the film. It's just a background song at the restaurant. But I love the song, Freddie, My Love. Uh, that's not really in the movie. I need you to... It's in the background. It's playing in the background. <laughs> okay, if you mean, I, I watch people open their mouths and lip sync to their own voices. Um, I flipped the list. I wrote down the whole album. Yeah, I mean... Re- <laughs> They're pretty. I mean, they're they're all standards at this they're point. All bops and it's it's ingrained in you. And although the lyrics are problematic, as we mentioned on a lot of them, I I'm looking at you, Summer Nights, uh, and Grease Lightning. I'm looking at you too. Yes. Which they have some trace words in that. Now that I'm remembering, I think the movie lyrics are pretty faithful to the original stage lyrics. Yeah, they have some some trace words in there that yeah. got snuck in somehow. And yeah, those are friend, those are from the stage production. Those are the are the words. But I know pretty much every other revival has since changed it. The, you know, the, the the kind of wagon it is, the blank wagon. But now it's a dragon wagon, so we're, we're fine. <laughs> and in the '94 revival, actually, Rizzo has a grease reprise where she's making fun of Kaniki and the car, and it's actually really it's it's short. It's like 35 seconds, but it's really funny. So, Tommy, I usually ask all the, the performers that have been on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were able to be in a stage production, play any character you wanted, mm-hmm. who would you pick? And it, it does gender doesn't matter. Just gender doesn't matter. Okay. You could be a tree for all I care. <laughs> um, and I'd be the best damn tree. I would say honestly, because I would have a blast with it, and I've wanted to see a production of this. I'd say Miss Lynch. Ooh, yeah. Because I think in this, I read on the stage version that she's. Uh, just a teacher not the principal yeah, correct she's not yeah miss lynch is, is is the teacher she's the english teacher yes you know what you could do okay so you already played him you already played them teen angel and, and Vince. Montaigne. Yeah. there could be somehow you can be roped into playing miss lynch at the same time just not at the dance because vince is at the dance we'll write her out vince would say all the rules and everything because no. <laughs> um, these things hand jive right no okay okay in the original original stage show, hand jive is um it's because uh, in the movie it's Johnny Casino and the Gamblers, right? And I believe in the stage show it's the same thing. There's just another band. There's just a band at the dance, and I think it might be Johnny Casino and the Gamblers in the original stage production as well. Um, in the movie it's Johnny and the Gamblers, and that is the group Sha Na Na, who was very famous at that time for um performing like they did covers of fifties and sixties songs. That was their shtick. So then they got hired for this movie to be Johnny Casino and the Gamblers. Makes um, sense. in the 94 revival, they made it Eugene Florzik, Eugene and, um, and the four straight A's. They, it's like a, they're a boy group, like a very, if you know the Forever Plaid, it's that kind of a sound. They start it. And then um, Miss Lynch actually sings a line in it too, because she's drunk. Um, 
but uh, so yeah, in the stage show, it's Johnny Casino and the Gamblers, like in the movie, do hand jive, and Vince oh, is still just there to tap people out. I'm right. I am right in a way. In the 2007 Broadway revival, Vince Fontaine and Company sing "Born to oh, Hand Jive." Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. On the Wikipedia page, bitches. <laughs> Um, I'm actually friends with the guy who played Vince in that 94 revival. He's a Orlando local now, uh, Brian Bradley. And he's in the recording. So cats, if you're ready, throw your mittens around your kittens and away we go. That's Brian. (laughs) Tommy, we've come to the end of this episode. This was a blast. It was so much fun. Is there anything you want to plug or promote or what have you? Um, I have no projects because COVID. (laughs) I'm just, (laughs) come come on down to Disney, wear your mask. Come see the uh, Festival of the Lion King show where I perform in that. Um, and yeah, just wear your mask, wash your hands. <laughs> uh, no projects. No, there's n- not a lot of theater going on in Orlando, sadly, right now. There's some good stuff happening, but just not as much, obviously, because of current things. But hopefully by the time this comes out, maybe more things will be open. <laughs> um, on, on Twitter, I am Spectre Pluto on Twitter. My account is private, so it's not like I don't let like everyone join. I, it's pictures of my food that I make. <laughs> Same as on my Facebook. It says, hey, I made this recipe. I collect vintage cookbooks. So again, old soul. I collect vintage cookbooks, and uh, I love making all those old recipes. Nothing super scary like mayo and jello. Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that one. But like old, like casseroles and just and bread and that kind of stuff I love to make. And are you on Instagram or any other uh, social media? Spe- I believe I'm Spectre Pluto on Instagram as well. Let me look. S-P-E-C-T-R-O-P-L-U-T-O. Okay, <laughs> like the dog, that, like the dog behind me. <laughs> that'll be in the show notes, as usual. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me about your thoughts and feelings on Greece and the lyrics and all that, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. And like I said earlier in the episode, Greece 2 is next episode, so watch it all right tommy let's go do the hand jive or nope that's dirty um we'll go spike the punch we'll just go spike the punch let's go spike the punch what are you doing washing my hands (laughs) bye for now everyone special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.